Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast. It's Kerry and Lou and we are going to be joined today by a very good friend of mine called Damien Roberts who is a conflict management specialist. So we're going to give him a quick call and see... I'm on that now guys, good morning everyone. Hope everyone's doing alright. Bear with, dialing, it's dialing. Hi Damien, how are you? I'm good, thanks, I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear us? Hi, Damien. Yeah, I can hear you guys very good. Oh, excellent. Good. So, just letting our listeners know today that we're being joined by yourself and we're going to talk about a couple of different things um, in our podcast today. So, over to you. Yeah, Damien, tell us. (laughs) Tell us more about what you do as a conflict management specialist. Very interesting. Yeah, right. So um, what I've been doing for the last um, 12 and a half years um, is doing mediation within the Metropolitan Police and um, other services where contracted me out to do mediation, basically, regarding gangs and um, young individuals involved in gang crime. Gang culture really and resolving the issue without any type of criminalization. That's amazing because we definitely need more um, people on board like that because I think that that's something that is absolutely kind of grown um, at such a quick rate that people kind of don't always believe how yeah. quick it is kind of growing. That's what I was going to say. I think this, this in, even though we're in a in a decade or whatever you want to say of like of knowledge and it's there at the tip of fingers people do not seem to be aware that this still happens well this this type of lifestyle changes rapidly you know i mean every day there's a different different way of doing things a a new way of you know um, hiding things or communicating through social media you know which plays a big part of it Mm -hmm. you know um mainly snapchat because things disappear within Mm -hmm. 24 hours on that app there Mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of people tend to um argue over social media and then it becomes very volatile and hostile so when they do see each other physically it it, it becomes um, nothing but bloodshed really yeah because i think it is i think it's very easy while you are behind a screen or behind a text Uh or anything um to kind of you're bigging yourself yeah say whatever it is and i Mm -hmm. think these kids don't realize that actually you have to kind of go into the real world and things like with location or other people kind of watching you and then seeing where you're at like it, it is very 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 sad um the world we're growing up in because i think for technology you kind of assume it to be safe and amazing when it works well mm. but actually yeah. you know handing your child a phone it is a weapon isn't it it's dangerous it's a weapon, it it's is so, so dangerous know, because they're not taught how to use it appropriately no you know and what happens is that they tend to get themselves caught up or involved in other conversations that is not concerning to them mm. through their friends or their peers and um it get it gets they get sucked into an argument so quickly mm. you know um where it's, it's, it's detrimental to that young kid, you know. Yeah. How would you but say... With people the... like us, mm-hmm. we're out here to, to try to help exactly. and support yeah. people. 
bring yeah, awareness. Make the right choices and give them a, a lot of awareness, even parents. Oh, oh definitely, know. definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's not just aimed at like, okay, we, we're directing all this at the children to help and support them, but parents also can be so oblivious to what's actually going on. Well, yeah, because yeah, we cause... do. We think, oh, right, they're in their room, they're safe, they're yep. on their phone, but yep. actually the world... The whole world is in your child's room, you know, from from grooming, you know, sort of sexually, right the way up to kind of being recruited for gangs, as runners exactly. and things like that. You know, they, you know, your kids are having dinner, they're sitting in their room, they're in by seven o'clock, and actually, it's all going on in in under your roof. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. You know, and the fun, the fundamental part of it is that it does start from home because, yes. We as parents, you know, we make choices and we make decisions, you know. Um, and yes, they have. There's another set of parents outside of the door that they live in. You yeah. Know, meaning schools, um, friendships, things like that, you know. And it's, it's, it's kids are getting confused. What is friends and what is family? Yeah. And what really matters because they have that cloud and judgment through social media that is actually growing our kids, and we are not growing our kids ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, social media is growing our kids and telling them what is right and wrong. Yeah. You know, and then you we, have the battle, I parents, suppose, within the home yes, yeah. with parenting parents because in they're the going in one direction yeah. and you're like, what the hell's going on? Um, why are you acting the way you are or saying things you do when I didn't bring you up like that? What's going on? And mm-hmm. they're just oblivious to the extent yeah. of what's happening as well, it is, said, under, yeah. the, under, the, under their yeah. own homes. Because I think it is. I think the breakdown with, um, I think, for children and parents, kind of, you know, I think if, you know, if you sort of feel a little bit the same Damien is kind of this around the secondary school marks sort of like 10, 11 mm. because yeah, it's su- such a big transition and I think that's generally I mean I never had a phone going to school do you know what I mean and probably I don't <laughs> I know about you no, no. I think now because of the world we're living in you know yeah. you kind of tend to give them that tool because obviously uh-huh. you've got parents who are working um you know, and, and sort of different things. Like things. Yeah. yeah, and I think that if yeah. they then kind of find in their feet, it's like being a little fish going into a big, massive school and you might have, say, 500 children and you're kind of, like, looking at, right, OK, where do I fit in? You've What's going to work? Yeah, as well. You've got the ones that are living in poverty. Yeah. And then you've got the ones that are, are having much more of a a lovely lifestyle. And yeah. so that clash as well. Oh, massive. Huge amount. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, in in, in every aspect, um, you know, similar to sort of what you do, obviously, and what myself and Lou do. um, So you can fire away, you know, some questions for us in a minute. But I think, you know, every aspect, I think everyone who is here to help, I feel like it takes a village to raise a child. And, you know, not just the children we have, but everybody's child like I know for myself personally I couldn't go past a child or past situations and it not bother me do you know what I mean so I think that everything we can do to empower these children and kind of feed that into the education system from a very young age it needs to be happening at every angle you know yeah you know there's a yeah, there's um questions that I would like to ask you well thank you for inviting me to your show really you're very very uh, welcome very it's welcome. an absolute it's pleasure I've got, I've got, um, basically it's four simple questions, really. Um, yeah. The four, the four W's. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, wonderful, 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 wonderful. Yeah, that's it. First, that's it. Done. <laughs> the first W is that. Like, what is it that you guys do? Right, over to you first, Lou. 
well thank you very much okay so my specialist area is working within domestic violence and keeping um obviously i work with adults at the moment but keeping the adults safe like safeguarding them and helping them plan exit planning or keeping them safe even if they maintain themselves in that relationship getting support in place for them counseling um you know social services support with court there's so much that goes on within that but where my passion lies is that i have the children that are involved you've got children that are either being abused uh, by domestic violence or they're witness witnessing harm to their their mother or father of course it's not I'll, i'll stick with ladies because the high percentages um, unfortunately guys do not come forward as much as they should as much as they should do and you know you've got children who need to understand what's going on and what they can do and come to a safe place and go i see my mum get hit you know she can't she can't leave the house to do shopping because dad gets cross with her and shouts all the time and it's like this is real this is happening we need to get it into the education system and get that those red flags of abusers even though it's a dark and horrible subject it has to be done but it will be done in an interactive way because i think that will help um, plant a seed yeah and help them grow so that is basically me at the moment there's loads more but obviously i'll shut up now and partially we're back over to kerry Thanks, Lou. So what I do is I am a holistic specialist in terms of healing. So basically throughout my whole entire life, um, I've always kind of been about empowerment, about finding the positive in no matter how crap of a situation you know you sort of go through i always look for the lesson so from a very young child i've always been that way and it's kind of gone into my roles um i did education for 11 years and worked with the in brackets problematic children um and it was really rewarding to kind of get them to see a different side i think a lot of times people can be blindsided by children's behaviours and kind of get caught up in the fact that they've got paperwork and things to do so they can't be bothered with these children. So they just kind of need a little bit, you know, extra attention to to their needs. Um, And then also um, massage. So obviously I've done beauty and holistic massage for a very, very long time. So I loved the fact that I was able to kind of give people a different way to think, um, you know, leaving me and feeling better, feeling positive, sharing their problems. Um, So, yeah, just loads of different solutions like um, vision boards, meditation, um, looking at kind of, okay, this is what's happened, but how do we go forward? Because I'm a great believer in going forward and never looking back. Um, So just teaching these into our workshops, really. Oh, I've just got to throw in something. My favourite saying at the moment to everyone is finding your own level of acceptance for past trauma. Yeah. That is the key. Finding your own level of acceptance so you can leave it behind. We're all different and we all fight. But they're solutions. I'm telling you, they're there. Yeah. And this is why (laughs) we, we we are basically 
the conflict side of things, dealing with what it is, the coping in the middle. We all kind of go through that grey area and kind of meeting our our own ways of coping. And I think for a lot of people, um, you know, it's substance abuse. Like a lot of people sort of say, for example, oh, you know, weed is a gateway drug. No, actually, trauma is a gateway drug. And I think people carry it into adulthood. So just giving people solutions, what might work for me is different, you know, for uh, for Lou. And it's different, you know, for you kind of on your journey. But I do believe all the things we go through in life, it just enables us to, yeah, to be able to pass it down to our children. And it's passing the baton on to them. Because let's face it, they are the next generation. And, you know, we're able to do it. So why would you not want to share those experiences? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not all been in vain. Or I think everything we've kind of gone through has not been in vain. Absolutely. And yeah, we're, we're just here to stories, yeah, just here we? to make that change for um Okay, okay. So um where 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 would you be um delivering these types of um projects? So what we initially had um, decided to do was to work with sort of um year five, year six um primary school. Okay, is that, is that a specific reason why? Uh, just be, yep, so because basically they've kind of got a year just sort of before the big massive transition. So I think impactually for a lot of children, um, you know, not the ones sort of going through domestic situations, mm-hmm. but just generalising, it's the, it's the big change for them. Mm-hmm. And I okay. think they then become the babies of the group. So I think by giving them kind of... Um, you know solutions to kind of like you know these are things you may face these are things that might happen because obviously then they start sort of meeting boys and girls they have like puberty kicking in um you know all of these elements they probably have a little bit more freedom so then that opens them up to kind of predators being able to connect and kind of luring them into different sort of situations and settings so for us that was our key um kind of target but then also um secondary school because you've kind of got um a lot of where i want to go (laughs) yeah because you've then got um sort of like the teen pregnancy side of things people Mm. dropping out if they're struggling within school if they've got family problems um you know friendship dynamics within their school you know their circle of friends yeah you know just to give them knowledge knowledge is key at the end of the day and empowerment yeah and if we can make it fun and interactive as well which is quite difficult with these subjects of course but there's ways and means to everything yeah Okay, okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. And, um, well, you answered my question really, but the other one was is why would you want to work with that age group specifically? You know, uh, but you've answered that question. It's great. Yeah. Mm. Because their minds, I think at that stage, the other little thing I'd want to add, I think that they are still um, young enough that you're able to kind of plant that seed in. And even if it's two years down the line, getting them to think, oh, I remember once this situation, that situation. I think because a lot of parents may not want to talk about certain things with their children, whether it's relationships, um, you know, the fact that they're going to be having sort of sexual relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, uh, being gay or being confused, um, offered drugs, going to parties, all these things that, you know, as parents, we dread. Um, and, you know, your children, let's face it, they sometimes coming from an outside person, it can be a little bit easier for them to engage than actually with a parent. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So with I your mum, you're like, feel... oh, mum, you don't know anything. You've just been stupid. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like, oh, go away. You don't know. And you've got that go away period yeah. where, oh, I don't want to be seen with my mum. And yeah. it's like, hang on a minute. 
your mum's got a lot of knowledge. Yeah. However, if and you're not taking listen, advice yeah. from I think other sort of 13, 14, 15 year olds who are all in the same boat that don't have a clue, it that's what kind of circulates. I think a lot. I know that from being in school myself, mm. and it's absolutely ridiculous. So I just think, yeah, that that age specifically for us, I think, is is a good benchmark. Um, but yeah, we're open to working with um, with anybody. Yeah, adults included, you know, yeah. I mean, certainly for myself, I would love to move up into, you know, supporting parents or, or and teachers who uh-huh. struggle great. with that dynamic as well, you know, or maybe kind of grasped why a certain pupil it seems to be off the wall or their behaviours yeah, are changed. And, you know, a lot of people, yeah, we all know the terminology, just domestic violence, but a lot of people think, no, that's not happening. Why did and and obviously I need to get this rectified at, at some point about why didn't she leave? Yeah. But we'll go down that road uh, another time because that is very deep and in depth. But it's just giving knowledge and understanding that actually, if you're fully controlled by somebody, it's a scary thing to think. Right, I've got to leave. Yeah. You know, okay. leave my friends, leave my family, pack up my kids. Uh-huh. It's not a case of like, oh well, you should have just got out. No. But anyway, that's a whole new topic. <laughs> Go get, well, I'm getting on my soapbox now. Something else um, I wanted to ask because um, someone told me about this and I wanted to see it because um, I heard that you guys are um, very um, experienced in this type of stuff. Yeah. control. Yeah. Can you explain that, please? Coercive control. Coercive control is huge now. It, I mean, it's getting out there now with the, the actual title. But still, even now, like even other professionals that I work in with a lot, like social care, for example, they're yeah. like, oh, I've heard of, I've heard about that, but I don't, I don't understand it. It's basically, um, in a nutshell, an abuser will choose his partner, next victim, whatever you want to label it as, and it starts off as huge amounts of what they call love bombing. Okay. It's it's all like my God, you you're the most amazing person I've ever met. Why didn't I meet you years ago? Oh my God, I can't believe how happy and relaxed I feel with you. Uh-huh. You're beautiful. I'm gonna treat you so well. And believe it or not, this it happens and moves so quickly. From oh my God, this man thinks I'm amazing. I've I've been this is what I've been wanting for years. And they move. They usually even move into your home. Or get you to leave your home and move with them within weeks. Oh, wow. Yep, there's promises about, I just know you're the one, let's not waste time, you know, life is too short, we should embrace this. And you just think, perhaps this is a whirlwind romance, but it's going to be all right. You just, everybody loves the idea of being loved. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should. However, things can change. They change quite slowly sometimes, and it's almost like, did he really say that? It's like, oh no, I don't like you wearing that. Take that off. You look no, it makes you look like a slut. Okay. And then it's like, um, why are you wearing red lipstick? Where are you going? Who are you meeting? Who are you talking to? Can I look Such at your phone? Yes, yeah, give me your phone. And then slowly but surely, it's like, um, God, you're not. That meal you cooked was absolutely shit. You can't even cook properly. And it's just these little digs that break you down and break you down, and they end up. Having full control of your your life, you end up being isolated from your friends. You can't call your friends because he'll be there listening. Doesn't like you seeing your family. 
if you go shopping, he, he'll have to go with you because he doesn't trust that you're not going to be having an affair while you're out. Even though nine times out of ten, may I just say, it's the perpetrator that has the affair. <laughs> and he just breaks you down. Then you end up, and I'm, I'm just putting this in, into like a little block, you end up wearing the slobbiest clothes, no makeup, hair tied back, and having no communication with the outside world. Sorry, did you... Did you... In terms of the word coercive, I was one. I was thinking to myself, is that a way of say you know you coerce someone into doing things that is not, you know, is illegal? Absolutely. Or, uh, you know, it, it falls uh, into so many categories as well. You know, groomers. Yeah. You know, when you're grooming, the I mean, gangs and runners. It, yeah, and things, it's, you all, know, it's, it's all. It's all coercive. Yeah. But within the domestic violence and domestic abuse sector that I work, at, it's mainly um, like a perpetrator will literally cut off his partner or her partner from the outside world they take over their finances they won't allow them to spend money and if they do they'll probably get um you know the physical side in coercive controlling relationships um there is some physical abuse but it's uh, mainly either sexual or full control okay mm. okay yeah yeah, something I would like to learn a bit more about, really. Yeah. Mm, we can chat any <laughs> So, likewise, I need to know more about this, uh, the, the gang-related issues. Yeah, the gang-related stuff is, 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 is been going on for the last 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a company that I used to work for called um, Capital Conflict Management, who basically is, um, works alongside the Metropolitan Police. Um, I, I retired from there um, a year and a half ago, come up to two years now. Mm. I wanted to venture out on my own to start doing my own stuff okay. um, as, as an ex-offender myself. Yeah. Uh, many, many, many moons ago, um, <laughs> understanding the lifestyle, the culture, um, and getting individual to see... So you've done amazingly, Damon, in t- turning your life around at the end of the day. Well, yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're like, trying, you know. you're the model that says you do not have to go down this you road. You are the solution. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's amazing, you know. Yeah, 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 well, I try to tell people that a lot, you know. Um, growing up in Hackney myself and involved in a lot of gang crime and gang mm-hmm. culture, I spent, spending 12 years behind, behind the door in prison. <laughs> um, you tend to um, have a little soul searching, so to speak, you know. Um, what I'm trying to un- get kids to understand and young people to understand is that when you do go to jail at a young age, mentally you're not growing. Physically, yes, you are. Mentally, yes. you're not. You know, so you went in at age 16, you come out at age 16 mm-hmm. because mentally you haven't grown in regards to emotional well-being, financial, economic well-being, you know, um, things like that. So That's amazing because I've actually never really thought about the actual time process behind behind the the prison door, so to speak. You know, like yeah. you say, physically you grow, but mentally you, you're still that age yeah. of when that door was locked and key and the key was thrown away, so to speak. That's amazing, really. That is really. A lot of people don't look into that, but I no. do. No, um, and I'm going to be start delivering a lot of um, workshops around that subject and writing a lot of um, papers around that subject itself, you know, because I, I believe that's where the PTSD comes from. Oh, yeah. my God, yes. PTSD, yeah. that would be another topic at some point, guys, as well, because there are a lot of experience in yeah. that, yeah. yeah. I went to jail at 17. Yeah. You know, I came out when I was 21. Yep. I went back, when I went straight back 
decision because I still came out at age 17 mentally. Yes. Still young, dumb and naive, you know, and not understanding life. You know, so it's only when you get past the age of 25, you start to understand. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It's change, but you didn't need to get there in the first place. Yeah, it must have been. Was did you? I have to ask when you when you did come out, and obviously I know you you went back in again. But was it genuinely? Did it feel like a bit of a shock to the system of like what the hell's going on? What no, do I do? No, it didn't feel a shock to the system. It's just basically the mentality you have is that because you're young. Yeah. Oh boy, they call me again. Back to the bin. Uh Did it feel a little bit like um, a security blanket? Because I've had conversations with people um, who've been in and out. I wouldn't say it's a security blanket because no one don't want to be in prison. Yeah, but no, but that's what I mean. I've had conversations with people that they completely do not want to have that life, but it's almost like because such a big chunk of their childhood or youth has been that they know, right, I'm having three meals a day, I'm up at this time, I know the drill, I know what sort of what's going on and what sort yeah, of the, the, the pattern. It, it's kind of a little bit, it's easier in there than stepping out. Because you think, do generally yeah, have people that can't cope with yeah, life. Because when you come out, I think, especially for the world, the way how it fast tracks from year to year to year, you know, five years out of somebody's life is a massive amount of time because even coming out to your family, everybody's in a different space. So it's almost like that's unnatural to you where actually inside is a little bit more well actually yeah I know what's going on and I kind of can feel yeah you can kind of deal with it you know yeah I know exactly what you mean they call that institutionalised yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah 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 you're used to something yeah so you tend to go back there and you tend to go back and it's almost like they've lost their skills to manage just basic things outside of that that prison it's like Going shopping, getting their own food, it just doesn't occur to them to, or even, they don't even want to try something. No, I and that's why like, I think oh some, sometimes I, my attitude about prison is it's a system that does not work because if it worked, we would not have the overcrowding and things we have. Because I think, like, where, again, you, you would probably like know more about this, Damien, in terms of like the education things inside, mm. what's kind of offered. And I appreciate what? people have to want to do those things, but I just think it's kind of. If life skills and things were kind of taught to prepare people for the outside world, it wouldn't be such a shock to the system because the thing is, all we're doing is building more prisons, it's more overcrowded, there's more things going on more than ever. So actually, where, and you and I have spoken about this before, Damien, and you, you know, myself and you as well, Lou, about at what point, kind of like looking back, you know, years and years ago, where has the breakdown actually been that actually we are run over and it's rife with all of the madness that's going on because there's there's it's it's just adding and there's new things coming out all of the time that i'm sure has always been there we just now have social media and we can see it but staring us in the face yeah do you know what i mean and it's like you're trying to deal with one issue and then there's like 50 more issues sort of coming out you know what i dare to say is that governments are paying out loads of money millions to organizations and companies that are Hiring people that are not trained, not experienced, yeah. not knowledgeable in regards to helping somebody change their views of life. It's box ticking, isn't it? They just want it's to a person box, that yeah. can, has got the keys that can lock the door. You know, you know yeah. there's no. All the, all the services are there. It's just that the services itself 
don't do the job properly. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I get that, Damien. You know, everything's a tick box exercise because more funding, more money. Yeah. It all seems like you're doing your job and it, it's yeah. not. Because the moment a young person walks out of that prison gate is the moment you, you let him loose back into the lion's den. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. And you see him straight back there within a couple of months. Of course. He has, he's gone straight back to where he came from. Yeah. And, and, um, well, there's nowhere change, else for them to go anyway because that's their lifestyle, change, isn't it? Change, uh, a lot of people don't like change. And a lot no, of no. Like, Change is scary, and that's what we want to try and get across as well, that actually change happens even when you're not really aware of it, but actually embrace it. Embrace change. Absolutely. You know, because you might change something that benefits your life at some point. That's right, yeah. Don't be be afraid of it. No. Just don't. And it's about putting that message out across, you know, and going into schools and colleges and, you know, education facilities, proves wherever it is yeah. where young people are, is going in and delivering training to staff members. I'm glad you mentioned staff. colleges there, actually, Damien, because that is where, obviously, we would be going up the ladder, so to speak, yeah. with the age groups and definitely approaching colleges as well. Yeah, because colleges are still Universities, young. even. Yep. Universities, you know, um, it's about letting them understand that beyond your bubble this is what's going on yes you know how can we make changes you know how can we get involved as young people and young adults you know people say government change policies that shapes your community why don't you young people get involved in policy changes absolutely in terms of how you want to see it but this is that little bubble that you're in and just look beyond it's like the saying be the change you want to see and i just think for me that's kind of what i live my life by i just feel like you can't change the people around you but you can change the people around you because I think it's also sometimes about removing yourself out of a setting, removing yourself. And I think that can be really difficult if it's like, you know, it's all you know and these are your friends from kind of school. And I think we all kind of can have this loyalty, even with family members. But sometimes if something is not serving your purpose and allowing you to grow and to be holistic as a person in every aspect, mentally, spiritually, you know, health-wise, all the people around you yeah as well. but also yourself because sometimes yeah. we we expect other people and things and material things and job and work and all these things to make us happy when actually we we have to be that we change are that route. we are you know the route to make us yeah happy. and us you know and, I, and another thing again um like you know with young people i think that's a very big thing is sort of like image and things like this oh, goodness, and yeah. it's almost like you know when um we had this you know when i was at work this week people mm-hmm. talking about weight and stuff and i sort of was saying to one of these ladies you know, what can you not do now at the size you are that actually you're going to do if you've lost two stone? How is that going to change you as a person? And it's almost like you have to appreciate the journey and the process. And, you know, everybody might look at themselves. Yeah, they want to change things. But, you know, my, my view about who I am as a person, you know, head to toe, me and my body. My body's carried me through a lot of things. My body's given me three children, you know. My, my you know, my body is amazing in the fact it does everything I need every single day. And I am humbly grateful for that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if Absolutely. someone doesn't like Strip you because of your Strip size or whatever, no, it's you know, forget it. It's not. It's about it's about the mental. Perception. This, this is our perception. prison, and we have to free ourselves from that, and we can achieve anything. And I think 
for young children, they should know that at a very young age and not have, you know, their 20s wasted by insecurity, not taking the gamble, not being their own boss, you know? Mm. So... I think, I don't know yeah, if you agree, Kerry, I think we need to have Damien come back, if you're yep. happy to, Damien, because there's so much more I think we could just touch base on and get it out there, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, because if you turn Maslow's theory um, on, on his head, turn it upside down, you understand this is what young people are actually... Living. Yeah. outside the family home. Yeah. And which is dangerous within itself. Yeah. Mm. And it's how... It's young for young people to understand that, you know. No, they don't. Where they and where they are on this it, Wouldn't it be lovely if that perception that we're born with, that we're born and raised into a lovely, kind, caring world, was true? Yeah. And I hate yeah. to say it, it's not true. No. It's true for some, of course. Some people are blessed, I suppose, but life I can certainly life throw. Life you make it and how you want to live it. Absolutely. You know, we've we've all gone through very different experiences and come out the other side there are times I you know I'm quite happy to say I'm an open book I've been on the floor I've been broken but I picked myself up I can do that and that's what I want other people to know that actually you can you can change the way you can empower yourself again and you can pick up those pieces bag them up and go I accept that I can't undo that I can't change what happened but I can change how I view it and how my life's going to proceed from here. And also what you've learnt from it. I think, you know, we're all given tests, I would like to say, in life. And I think it's, it's again, like we were talking about earlier, about the levelling up and kind of the growing. And I mm. think you're never meant to be the same person. And I think when you're young, you have a lot of people, if anybody outside your circle does something different or um, acts different or whatever it is, oh, you've changed, you think you're better there, you know, and you get a lot of that. And I think that just comes from insecurity in people. But I do think, you, you know, like I know me as a person, I'm not the same person I was this time last year. And, you mm-hmm. know, this time next year, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person I am now. You know, you're yep. growing and evolving. And it's a beautiful thing, I think, to get older because you have that wisdom um, you know, and I love speaking to older people in different settings because the advice they give you, no amount of experience can kind of, you know, set you up just to kind of listen and really understand the fundamentals. And what a lot of them have always told me is, you know, never regret anything, you know, live your life, you know, you're going to end up old anyway and just cherish the We're things you have now. We're going to make but it's not a failure. But mistakes are learning. Mistakes, exactly. yeah. It's like, oh... Yeah, I ain't gonna do that again. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. It's more than okay. Yeah, It'd be bloody boring if it weren't. But you know. Oh, it's been amazing, guys. It's been a really good, yeah, um, a really really this. good talk. Um, any more questions you have for us, Damien? No, I'm quite happy for now. Um, I'm sure I'll think of some more next time. Good. Fabulous. And Likewise. What I'm hoping <laughs> next time could happen is that. Um, I could bring somebody else on the show. Perfect. Oh, brilliant. But what I want you to do um, is get a separate number for this podcast. Yep. Yeah, even if it's just a little phone, a little minor Nokia phone or whatnot. Yep. We're about to special about a number where 